Hey everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Let's see what he's doing. Amen. And God good. God is so good. So good. So thankful for what he's doing. So we've been talking a little bit lately about what it means to be intentional, right? That we have to uh, predetermine our path. Otherwise, our path could be anything, right? And so we want to make sure that we're putting our feet on the path that God's laid out for us, not only as individuals, but as a church, right? We want to make sure we're following the design of God and the plan of God and not just kind of happenstance, which is what a lot of churches are doing. Because again, I'm going to say this until Jesus takes me home. Church is not Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And some of you are just like, well, then why am I here? This is just a part of it. This is a part of it, coming together corporately and worshiping God together corporately. But I want to encourage you to continue to be the church, let's say like 1 o'clock today, maybe Tuesday at 1 p.m. Be the body. Call somebody. Text somebody. Check on somebody. Pray for somebody. The body has to continue to be the body outside. But again, in America, we've turned Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. into this cultural experience where the music's got to be right and the sound's got to be right and the sermon's got to be great. We got to show the right video and we got to get the right people. I get people stirred up and then you go on and do whatever you want to do the rest of the week and see you on Sunday at 10 o'clock. Blech, don't want it. Yes, I went, Blech, you can too if you want because I don't want that. It, that's not what Jesus died for. I, I, I read the book of Acts. That's not what I see in the book of Acts. But us coming together is part of it. But we want to continue to be the body of Christ. So we want to be intentional. And we decided that we need to use Scripture to be intentional, right? If we're going to define and discover our purpose, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, what, what method are you using to define your church? Hey, I'm just going to tell you we're going to use the Bible. Everybody good with that? Right? Uh, you know, I get, I get stuff in the mail all the time. Hey, the newest way to grow your church, use our method, use our technique, use our marketing scheme, use our bu- trash, 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 trash. I'm just pushing Bible, 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 right? We already got it, right? So we want to stick to what God wants us to do. So we talked about a few weeks ago what kind of people we want to be. If we're going to be intentional, then let's decide what kind of people does God want us to be. And we set our mind on these three words, authentic, passionate people. We said that we wanted to be honest, that we wanted to be a transparent people. We said, hey, can I go ahead and give you permission to take off your fake smile in the parking lot? Everybody good with that? If you've had a bad week, I wish you'd just tell us. But at the same time, don't moan and groan and complain and whine. Don't want to hear that either. Oh, wait a minute. I can't have it both ways. Yes, you can. Because life is hard, but God is good. Your terrible week does not change who God is. And the problem is we tend to make worship and our Christian experience, our walk, based upon how life is treating us. That's like me saying my children really love them as I keep throwing them $20 bills. 
you know. My kids love me on Christmas morning. And my kids love me on their birthday. The rest of the time, they really don't care for me. So it's going to be important, church, that we learn that God is good and worthy of our praise on every single day. On the good days, on the bad days. Well, Pastor, you just don't know what Monday's going to look like for me, but I know who's going to be on your Monday. Do you understand? I know who's going to be there. So I'm going to tell you now, you go ahead and make your mind up and be intentional. I'm going to wake up Monday praising God. What if I got a head cold, Pastor? Allergy season's coming around. It's going to be terrible. I got the hay fever. Who cares? What's that got to do with the condition of my heart? Anybody following this, right? So we want to be passionate. See, passion means I understand what I get, what I deserve, but yet what I've been given. You understand? The, the pain we were just speaking about a minute ago, that is your pain. That mistake you made that you're paying for, and then I said something like, well, Jesus put your pain on the cross. See, you deserve that pain, but Jesus said, I don't want you to have it. I'll die for it. I'll put it on the cross. I'll take your pain. Like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that is the point. That's why I shouldn't, or James shouldn't have to stir a song up in you. Right? If you have a singing problem, you've heard me say this, you have a seeing problem. You forgot what God's done. You forgot what you deserve and what you've been given. So when you come in, we sing based upon not how we feel or what's going on but because God is good. We know what we deserve and yet what we've been given. So we decided last week, so we know who we're going to be. Now what are we going to do? Because that's important. Right? You're, you're not... Here today, just because you want to check church off your box and go out the door, and some of you probably are, and that's okay because we're trying to pray that God get a hold of you. Right? Right? So some of you, I'm not even here today to say that all of you are going to heaven, but we need to figure that out. Right? We want the Holy Spirit to arrest your heart, to shake you, and to show you. But we understand that God has called the church to make disciples. Now we're going to say amen together. One, two, three. Amen. God has called the church to make disciples. That is what we're to be about. So all these things exist together, all these elements of church life, right? Why do we have such a bulletin full of things? Because our, our desire is to make disciples. Why do we have prayer meetings? To help you in your walk with God. Why do we have a study at 9.15 on Sunday morning just to keep you busy? You think we all don't have better things to do? Probably, but nothing's more important than making disciples, Nothing's more important than you falling more in love with Jesus. Nothing's more important than you reading your scriptures and learning to pray and learning to walk with God and surrendering and living in obedience. Nothing's more important because everything else will fade. But what matters for eternity is what we're working on, right? Makes sense? So we want to make sure we're busy as a church making disciples. So there are some elements, right? If we know what our dish is, then we need to know what our ingredients are. You following that? So some of those are like worship, evangelism, fellowship, ministry, right? Serving, that sort of thing. Discipleship classes, teaching, learning the word, gathering together, and everything covered in what? Prayer. Everything covered in prayer. So again, we do all these things, the worship, the evangelism, the all of these coming together to help us become disciples. And then we decided we are going to be, as a church, authentic, passionate people 
who these three things kind of divide our, our discipleship strategy to know one another, uh, to know Jesus, to love one another, know Jesus, love one another, impact the world. And ultimately, as we make disciples, that's what we're going to do. As we become more in love with Jesus, as we become more like Christ, we talked last week, what does it mean to be a Christian? Right? A little Christ. Could people call you a Christian not based upon your words, but about the way you conduct yourself? Could people call you a Christian? Do you represent Christ? And so ultimately we do all this together to make disciples. So I want to talk to you for a little bit today about what does it mean to intentionally pray, right? So I'll tell you real quick, being, being the, uh, well, so my, my, my kids are all over the place. They're not here today. So I've got, I've got, so some of you know I have six children. I have four, I have two son-in-laws. I have four grandchildren and four grand dogs. Is that right? We have four grand dogs? Is that what we got? I got two and two. I think that's right. We got four. We got more grandkids than that? I know we got one on the way. <laughs> kids aren't watching. It's good. Let's figure this out real quick. In fact, if any of my kids first want to tell me they watch today, get $20. Just tell me. Just, I'm just telling you right now. All right? I'll give you $20 for any of my kids that say, hey, wait a minute. You said I get $20. It's done. What First child to say. Um, there we go. Four, four grandkids, one on the way. So anyway, and then we get together with family, and, and you know we get together at holidays, and, and it comes time. See, m most of you don't. My, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law back here, Doug and, and Melissa McCollum. Doug's so good because for my whole life, when I grew up at my family in North Carolina, you go to the family gathering, and oh, there's a minister in the room, then you pray for the food. But Doug's like, I'll pray. I'm like, praise the Lord. Yes, yeah, somebody else was willing to pray for food besides the minister, right? Because it's just, you know, the, there's a minister in the room, so let the minister pray. Because only the minister can talk to God. Burnt, not true. Amen? God hears your prayers the same as he hears mine. Can I get an amen? My prayers are not holier than yours. I'm not the Pope. Hallelujah. Probably the worst person in the room. So you definitely probably don't even want me to pray for your food. You might get indigestion. Pray for your own food. You understand why this works? Right? So we all have this thing about praying though, don't we? Right? You can be in a room full of people who are chatting up a storm and then you'll be there to pray and then you'll say, let's pray. Nobody's got anything to say. Nobody's got anything to say. Like talking to God is some kind of mystical, magical thing, but I'm here to tell you, you come in the name of Jesus, not on your own merits anyway. And sometimes people say, well, I haven't really been good enough this week to pray. Can I tell you, you'll never be good enough to pray, but he lets you pray anyway. Now, come on now, that's pretty good. You get to pray anyway, not because of how good you are, you know. You know, I sent some pretty mean text yesterday, get somebody else to pray. I mean, come on now. We, we do all this kind of you know, thing in our mind. And can I tell you, when you don't pray, the devil wins. Some, some of you even thinking, boy, I should pray before I go to bed. But, you know, I, nah, nah, just, I, you know what? I'll live a better day tomorrow and then I'll pray tomorrow night. And we're waiting to somehow jockey position with God before my prayers. Hey, can I tell you, your righteousness is filthy rags. Your best day you've ever lived 
is filthy to God. But the blood of Jesus. But the cross. He makes you qualified to pray. So it's okay to just lead with, God, thank you for making it possible for me to pray through the blood of Jesus. Do you understand? You, you have to come in the authority and the power of Jesus. Now, we'll just go ahead and bust a couple more myths out. That there's no prayer that, that, that can I tell you God's okay with your English language? Right? I tried to pray King James for years. I could not get there. I mean, I read my King James Bible. I, who, who grew up reading the King James Bible? Raise your hand. Right? Right? The authoritative 1611 Schofield reference King James Bible, pre-millennial. I mean, that's what, whoa, hallelujah, independent, fundamental, Baptist. Uh, I've been in that church, right? And I'm not judging that church, but I can't pray in King James. I just can't. I can't get there. Right? You give me a King James and you give me an ESV, I'm going to read that. I mean, you know, so I'm not coming against the King James. I mean, if you, anyway, I'm going to get started on that. All right, I mean, King James wasn't a great dude, by the way. I'm just saying, he wasn't Mr. Spiritual. So here's the thing. But can I tell you, your best prayers are just your honest prayers and the way you talk, right? If my kids said to me, my children, said to me, you know, I'm afraid to talk to you about stuff because, you know, I'm not an adult yet, and when I get to be an adult, I'll tell you stuff. What? That doesn't even make any sense, right? Just talk to God. Can you hear that? Talk to him often. Talk to him with others. Pray a lot. When, when, when you're with somebody, pray with them. Just pray. And can I tell you, if somebody says, hey, can you, you know, we, I'm Gary sitting right here. It's what you get. So Gary sitting out here, <laughs> Right? How many times have you, somebody said to you, hey, pray for me about this? And you go, I'll do that. And if we're honest, we don't. Come on, let's be honest. We're in church. This is the place to be honest. We say we'll pray, and in our heart we intend to pray, but then the next time we say them, see them, we say something like, oh, yeah, I'm still in that rough situation. Oh, yeah, I've been praying for you. Lie. <laughs> Lie. Lie. That's why, you know what I try to do? And I'm still working on this. Gary says, I'm having this thing go on. Hey, I'll pray. Can we just pray right now? Let's just pray right now. What if I'm in the grocery store? It's allowed. It's allowed. What, what, if, I'm, what if I'm standing outside a car? You know, it's allowed. I've prayed in gas stations. I've prayed in parking lots. I've prayed in grocery stores. Because I just soon pray right now. That way, guess what? I've done it. I've interceded for them. And guess what? I don't have to break out into a 30-minute Pentecostal prayer right there. God's not needing that. But can I tell you, if I pray for him right there in that moment, his heart's encouraged. Now he's helped. Now he goes, okay, this problem's not just mine to carry. God is going to carry with me. And Steve is going to, he just prayed for me. He just talked to God on my behalf. I can make that. And all of a sudden, a little hope springs up in his heart. Can I get everybody following that? So it's, I'm just trying to help you to go from this place because here's what we're going to do. My, my dying words were going to be, keep praying. Well, if I could do anything as a pastor, it, it wouldn't be that you would understand the book of Revelation, but that you'd learn to pray. That you just love to pray. Learn to pray. Pray for this, pray for that, pray all the time. I don't care if you don't understand much about Habakkuk, but if you pray, if you pray, God can move. 
If you pray, you can show that, God, I need you. I'm dependent upon you. God, I'm crying out to you. God, I cannot figure this out. I need you. And to pray often and to pray with fervor and to pray with passion and to pray out loud and to not be intimidated to pray. Right? You've done it. You walk into a room of people and it's a prayer meeting and you can go and pick out the two or three that are going to pray. You just know. Right? You just know. Oh, yeah, okay, all right, all right. Dean's here. That's good. James, all right, praise the Lord. Pastor Fred, I'm taking the day off. I'm good. Those three guys got it, and I'm out. What if we all started praying all the time when we got together? Right? Just think. Just think if you prayed on Monday out loud. Tuesday, out loud. Well, it's weird praying in my car going down the road. No, that's not weird. It's not, that's, you make it weird. Right? You in your car by yourself. You can even wear a mask if you want to, which I don't understand. <laughs> if you can wear a mask in your car alone, dear Lord, could you please pray? And actually, if you're wearing a mask in your car, you should be praying. I'm sorry. Amen. Right? Amen. Man, I just put that on the internet. Good Lord, I'm going to get hate mail. Hate mail, that's all right. I love them. Amen. Come on now, some of you like, that's why I come to church here. That's right there. That's the reason I come to church. I love that, right? But we've got to be people of prayer. I threw a couple of quotes up because we're not going to just quote people. We're going to get into the word. Satan laughs at our toiling, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Prayer does not fit us for work. Prayer is the great work. Right? We're, we're so busy trying to do things for God, but maybe praying is the work. It is. And we need to be about it. And then if you can ever read a book by E.M. Bounds, he's not alive anymore, but E.M. Bounds have the, has the greatest books on prayer. I love this quote. Only when the whole heart is gripped with the passion of prayer that the life-giving fire descends, for none but the earnest man gets access to the ear of God. Think about the fact that you can bend the ear of God. Isn't that crazy to think about? And then immediately in your mind right now, when I say that, you say, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not significant enough. I'm not important enough. In yourself, you are correct, but you're coming in power because of the blood of Jesus. You're not coming on your own. You're coming in the authority that's been given to you through Jesus. So you get to stand before God himself, not based upon what you've done, but what Christ has done for you. So what you're doing is, if I, if, if I give you the keys to the car and I say it's yours, don't put it in the driveway. You drive it. Right? You drive it. Don't talk about to me all the time about how, well, it's just so nice. It's just so. Anybody like that in the room? I'm kind of like that. I'll get something brand new and I'm afraid to touch it because I'll wear it out. My, my father refused to run the air conditioning in the car because it might break. He refused power doors and power windows. More fancy stuff you get like that, more it could break. Ah! Right? You know? Right? Because that's just, you know, in North Carolina, it's hot in August. Just roll them windows down. We didn't have air conditioning in our home 
There was, a, I'm just telling stories about my parents. They're not here, so they can't defend themselves. That guy, we had a window unit in a 2,000 square foot home. My mom would make fried chicken. We would just sweat over it. Dear God, Mom and Dad, can we turn on the air conditioning? My father would say something like, just open the window, you'll be fine. But it's not windy. How's that helping? So with a cracked window, we heard nature while we sweat over our fried chicken. That's what changed, right? We have the power of prayer, church. Let's use it. People are talking about how hard life is and how difficult times are. We've got a brand new car with all the bells and whistles in the driveway. Jesus bought it for you, gave you the keys. Church, take it for a spin once in a while. Amen. Come now, y'all. Some of y'all not sure if you should clap right there. That's where you clap, right there. All right, let's clap again one more time. Come on. <laughs> Your faces are so great. You're like. There we go. He said we could, you know. Just go for it, man. Right? I love everybody looking at each other like, what do we do right here? He's getting fired up. I'm not sure what's happening right now. Oh, amen. Amen. We got it. We've got prayer. Amen. Look at this. Everything we do as Christians and as a church should be bathed in prayer. Amen. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It'll be on the screen, but if you want to turn your Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So how often should you be rejoicing? Always. How often should you be praying? Always. What should you be giving thanks in? All of it. So think about that. Always rejoicing. Always praying. Always giving thanks. This is the will of God. Some of you, and I work with seniors in high school. Boy, I wish I knew the will of God. Hello, it's right there. And my thought is, he might not tell you anything else till you get that part right. Right? Until you understand that God wants me to rejoice, God wants me to pray, God wants me to give thanks. Well, God, I'm more interested in what kind of job I'm going to have in five years. Well, why don't you just start rejoicing? Why don't you just start praying? Why don't you just start giving thanks in all circumstances and watch what God does? But start with that right there. So the devil wants you to live. I'm too busy to pray. I got too much on my plate. Pastor, you just don't understand. I'm working 60 hours a week. I got a bunch of kids. They drive me nuts. Got people calling me all the time, texting me, people sending me friend requests. I don't even know what to do with all of this. Got to catch my shows in, right? Got to get my shows caught up. I'm like four episodes behind on Netflix. I got to get this going. I, I, it's consuming me. I got three podcasts to go. I've been sending people information. I just, got, I just don't have time to pray. That's the devil. The devil does not want you to pray. But can I tell you, if you don't pray, you will not have spiritual power. You just won't, right? I'm too busy to charge my phone. Let's see how work that works for you, right? Well, it died. Yeah, it will. You will die spiritually if you don't pray. Amen? 
You will do earthly work. You will not do kingdom work. You will be busy, but you will not be effective because you are not praying. So it's so important that we be people who pray. So here's a question for you about prayer. I heard uh, Corey Ten Boom. Most of you know her from, the, from Germany and this wonderful lady of God. And she said this, is prayer your spare tire or your steering wheel? Now, for a lot of you, prayer is your spare tire. In other words, it's my emergency go-to. When things break down, I go to prayer. I can't tell you how many times in 20-plus years of teaching school, at a Christian school, that nobody wants to pray until it's time to take a test. You know? I'll say, hey, you want to pray to start class? Whatever, prayer. Final exam. Yes, could we pray before we take the final exam? In fact, if you could give me a, if you could do a long prayer time, I didn't quite study. I'm going to peep my eyes open and look over my notes one more time. But if you could pray in length, that would be appreciated, Mr. Nanny. Right? We, we get serious about prayer when life goes sideways. Have you ever thought about this? What if we just prayed all the time? And if we prayed all the time, life might not get as hard as you think it might get. Because you're saturated in prayer. You're undergirded in prayer. You're strengthened in prayer. All of a sudden, prayer is not your go-to. Prayer is what gets me through the day, every day. Prayer is getting me through every day, not just the bad days. We've got to learn to pray all the time and every day. Now, can I tell you something? Here's the beautiful thing. I'm just getting, I get fired up about prayer. I love it. And I want you to pray. You know, we, it's not like we've got to take out the, uh, the rug and face east. Right? I mean, it's not. Hey, so can I tell you, when the motion hits you to pray, right there. Right there. Well, I got to, you know, I got to sit down and get myself situated, get my mind clear, get my holy Aquafina close by. Got to get my word opened up, get a little... I'm dating myself. A little Maranatha praise music going in the background. How, how, old, how old am I? Maranatha praise music, right? Some of y'all are. I know what you're talking about. I'm a, right? All right? Got to get me a little. Uh, <laughs> I'm so old. And so we got to get some worship music going in the background. When I get all that situated. And then, you know, and by the time you get there, now you got to go on to your next thing. You done missed it. Pray, ladies. Putting on your makeup. What? Yes. Right? I, but then I'll, my makeup be all over the place if I pray when I put on makeup, right? Men, you can pray while you're fixing something. Just, you're constantly. What do you think prayer without ceasing means? Can I tell you something? Here's what I've tried to think about it like this. I'm praying to God all the time. I pause that conversation to talk to my wife. I'm always talking to God. Always now, some of you talk to yourself. That's different. You got to talk to God. Some of you talk to yourself out loud. Maybe family members that are here with me this morning on the front row to the left of my wife. You understand? I didn't say any names. You don't know who I'm talking about. You have no idea. No idea. But hey, you can't, you know, you're doing it too. So don't act like, right? We're all doing it. But I'm saying make that to God. Make that to God. 
Why couldn't your, your prayer, your talking, you're talking to God. He's with you in every situation. So include him, pray without ceasing. Make prayer the steering wheel, not the spare tire. So here's the question for you today. Will we make prayer a priority? Will we? We love talking about prayer in sermons, but we'll go out and we won't pray. We've got to change. We've got to start praying often, all the time, with everyone, constantly. Prayer is the air in the lungs of the born-again believer. You ever done this where you just kind of think, air in, air out, air in, air out. I'm dying, right? That's what you, you know, you start thinking about it, right? But it just happens. That's, that's what prayer should be for you. Prayer should, for you should be just so natural, right? It just comes, right? So when you're praying out loud with someone, it just, it's very natural. It's not this awkward moment where we don't know what to do or what to say. We just pray. We've got to learn to pray. So let me give you a few things real quick. Prayer must be a priority, because the first thing is Jesus was devoted to prayer. If I, I think we all could agree if Jesus did it, we ought to do it too. Jesus was devoted to prayer. He was constantly in prayer. He made time to pray. And he prayed at his darkest hour. Luke 5.16 says, but he withdrew to desolate places and prayed. And then Matthew 14, 23, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He took time out. As, was Jesus busy? I promise you Jesus was busy. But he was able to pull back, to stop, to move his life in a different direction so he could get to prayer because he understood the power of connecting with the Father on a regular basis. Church, we have to make prayer. A priority. Prayer must also be a priority because the early church. Think about the early church. Back in the book of Acts, the early church. Acts 2.42, where they devoted themselves to, pray, to teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. The people, the early people in the church, they knew the importance of praying. When they gathered together, they prayed, they fellowshiped, they studied the word, and prayer was a big part of the early church. And we have, think about how many churches you know of today that they pray very little. Fit a prayer in once in a while, here and there, but to gather to pray is so much foreign now. In fact, if you were to invite people to a prayer meeting, you'd be hard to get people to come, right? Hey, we're going to gather and pray. Not interested. We're going to have a worship night. Now we're talking. Hear James roll, get that band going. Let's go, worship night. Prayer meeting. Mm, no, thank you, boring. Just going to listen to people pray. Can I just say this real quick too? When one person is praying, shouldn't we all be praying kind of along with them? That, that makes sense to me, to pray together. Now, not so loud. I've been in my independent Baptist fundamental premillennial 1611 KJV days. See how quickly I can spit that off? Well, I've been in prayer meetings where one person prayed and everybody else prayed so loud. You had to really dial in the main guy who was praying. I was like, it's so loud. And then like, a, like on cue, it would just fade, 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 fade. Amen. You know, so, I, so we have to be careful uh, uh, you know, that it's not scripted. But I think when one person is praying, now, I've, have, haven't we all done this? 
I'm going to call on Bill, Bill, Bill Gale to pray. And we listen. Hmm, he's good praying. Oh, boy, we need chicken at the store. Well, I would get more mac and cheese, but I think we've got that. Man, my kids are so picky, I can't stand that. I don't understand. Will anybody notice if I write in my phone right now my grocery list? Because it's just Bill praying. Shh. Right? Don't we do that sometimes? Oh, you don't want to confess that in front of people. I understand. That's okay. Right? We, 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 all, we, we listen instead of pray. When we come together and one person prays, we tend to just listen. But God wants us to all pray together. We will devote ourselves in, the, in chapter 6 of the book of Acts. The leaders even said, hey, we don't have time for this because we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The leaders of the early church knew we need to pray. We have to pray. We have to pray. We have to pray. And so prayer must be a priority also because God hears the prayers of the righteous. Look at James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. The prayers of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Righteous living is critical. Now watch this. This is important because I just told you that your righteousness is as filthy rags. So how, how does this work together? Right, if my righteousness is as filthy rags, then what point is it to be righteous? Let me say this to you real quick. Let me explain this to you. Your righteousness comes from Christ and Christ alone. Now, what you strive to do on a daily basis is walk in the vein or the posture of the righteousness given to me. Does that make sense? Because I have Jesus, I want to walk like Jesus. I'm not walking like Jesus to try to become, to, to try to get Jesus. In, in other words, a lot of people say, grace alone saves me, but it's my works that will keep me. So grace has saved me, but I got to stop cussing. I got to stop watching stuff on that. I got to stop talking to people about this. I got to stop the gossip. I got to be better with it. And so all of a sudden now we create a list of do's and don'ts based upon the fact that I'm in Christ. But then isn't it just our works at that point? Because why else would we ask people, are you going to heaven or hell? And some people go, church people, church people. I don't know. How can you not know? Because you're not getting there unless Christ takes you there. And it's not dependent upon how well you did this week. Your ticket to heaven is in the hands of Christ and Christ alone. He is the reason. Your confidence of your eternal home is not based upon how well you behave, but what Christ has done for you on the cross. My confidence is in him. Now walk in it. So I walk with righteous living because he's put righteousness in me. And so I don't have to go, don't do, don't do, do, don't. I just stay connected to the righteousness in me. And you know what happens? I just start living righteous. As I surrender, as I crucify my flesh, as I walk with God, all of a sudden I'm not thinking. You don't have to stop thinking. Got to stop this, got to stop. It will stop on its own. When you're surrendered and full of Jesus. You following that? 
So we walk, so our righteousness, so what we want to do is walk in the vein of righteousness so that my prayers are effective. In other words, posture yourself for the greatest blessing from God. You understand? My kids are my kids. But when they live in obedience to what they've been asked to do, it's easier for me to let them borrow the car. You following that? When they walk in the righteousness are the namesake of the rules that we have set forth for them because they're our children and they're going to be our children no matter what. But when they walk according to the plan that we've laid out in front of them, then I'm more apt to bend an ear to what they need and what they want. Are you following that? So that's why the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And that's going to be important. So the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayer. God keeps his word. Now, I'll say this. Now, I'm going to blow your mind with something, but we're going to talk about it tonight. God doesn't hear every prayer. Whoa, 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 wait a minute now. I believe the Bible teaches there are times, and if you read your Bible... That the Bible says God doesn't hear that. If you don't posture yourself in a way for God to listen, if you're living in a certain way of disobedience, God is not obligated to hear your prayer. You're like, well, that, that, that sounds terrible. No, what sounds terrible is we know what we need to do, right? If I ask my children, let's go back to that for just a second, because you know what? It isn't. Right? You don't know the heart of God till you've had kids. Right? Because one minute you love them, next minute you want to kill them. Right? I mean, that is really... And God has a lot more patience with us than I think we have our... Definitely we have with our own kids. But, but, but to understand, if, if my kids burn the house down, and then they say, my bad, but me and my girl going out, I need the keys to the car. Um, that's a No. That is a hard no, right? I think what happens is there are times we're asking God for something and we're wondering why God isn't hearing and I'm telling you there's a reason for that. And so what we have to do is to make sure we are where we need to be so that the Heavenly Father can hear us and move in the direction that we're asking Him to move. Is that following does that make me a mean parent for not giving out the keys to the car? You'd be like, of course not. You'd be an idiot to give them out. Wouldn't, wouldn't God be an idiot to give a bunch of money to somebody who's terrible with it? Wouldn't that be, right? That wouldn't be very smart on God's part. And so in the same way, so come, if you've got to come tonight. We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. We're going to talk about that tonight, what God does not hear. But let's keep going. God, prayer must be a priority. God keeps his word. God is moved by gratitude, not complaining. Amen? Right there in Philippians 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So watch this. So when I pray with gratitude, my heart is fixed and postured in thanksgiving. So even if God doesn't give it, I'm okay because God's good. Right? Right. God, God doesn't owe me anything. I can ask him. I can appeal to him. I can pray for him to do it. But if God doesn't do it, my, 
My heart is set in gratitude because when I walk in thanksgiving, you know what I'm doing? All of a sudden I say, God, whatever you think is best for me. You ever prayed that prayer? God, this is what I want, but whatever you think is best is good. Let's go back to the kid thing. Don't you wish your kids would say that? You know, I want $20, but if you got five, that'd be great too. Hot dog. Here's the 20. Right? That, that's, that, that tends to, right? Hey, hey whatever. Right? How, how many of you would fall out Christmas time? What do you want for Christmas? Just whatever you want to get me is fine. What do you mean whatever you want to give me? Hey, what if we said, God, this is what I'm asking, but whatever you think is good. God, I'd love to be healed from this disease, but whatever you think is best for me. Whatever would bring you the most glory, God, is what I'm interested in. Dear Lord, whatever's going to put the most light on you and people to see you the most, God, I'm, I'm dependent upon you and I'm grateful for you. And then right, we already read this that this is the will of God to give thanks. Gratitude postures the heart so it doesn't demand its way. I'm just thankful for whatever God wants to give me. Whatever God, hey, but how can I be thankful for hard times? Because God will also match that with the grace to get you through it. You understand that? God, I, I, I really want to escape this difficulty. But God, if this is what you want from me, I'll take you because I trust you. And God, you'll also give me the grace to get through it because that's a promise that my grace is sufficient for your every need. And some of you in the room today, right now, your need is great. Hey, good news. His grace is still sufficient. So for those of you with a little need or those of you with a great big need, the grace of God is sufficient and it will carry you through. So what do you do? Just be thankful. Just go and be thankful, right? How am I supposed to be thankful for cancer? How am I supposed to be thankful for a lost job? Because you're trusting in God. It's the same God. He's leading. He's guiding. You're trusting in Him. You just know that God's going to do what God wants to do. He's a good God. He's a good God. So prayer must be a priority because prayer done in faith is powerful, right? It's got to be done in faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, Hebrews 11 teaches us. It's the conviction of things not seen. And without faith, what's this? It is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, a lot of you are looking for peace. A lot of you are looking for hope. But you're not getting that without faith. It's in faith, when I pray in faith, when I believe in God's got me, when I can trust God, when I don't understand everything. It's a confidence in things unseen. I can't see what next week looks like, but I know God's got me. And when I walk in faith, all of a sudden I've got a little hope. I've got some hope. I've got hope. Yeah, but you don't know what this surgery is going to look like. You don't know what this job is going to look like. Yeah, but I'm trusting in God. I have hope. And hope gives me Peace, faith, hope, peace. They're connected. We must have faith. Now, faith trusts in the sovereignty of God. Let me teach you that real quick. Sovereignty is this, that God is in complete control of all things at all times, accomplishing the greatest good. The question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Or do you have to get your hands in the middle of stuff? Right? Now, God, I'm going to give you to 12 o'clock tomorrow to come up with a solution. If you hadn't done it by 12.01, God, I'm taking over. Right? We do that to God all the time. We usually only give him to 12 o'clock. 
right? We hang the phone up and start getting busy, right? We heard some news and we get to figuring. Pro list, con list, pro list, con list. What are we going to do? How are we going to work this out? Oh, prayer? Mm, I'll get to that in a little bit. Got to make my list. Got to figure my stuff out. Got to do it. And faith has gone out the window, right? We have to believe that God is in control. God is in control. Do you live your life with belief that God is in control? Because it can't be sometimes and sometimes not. We'll go back to the kid thing today. That's where we keep getting to. You ever had to tell your kids, you're just going to have to trust me? You're just going to have to trust me. I love it when from the back seat, one of the kids would say something like this, drive me nuts. Do you know where you're going? I'm about to reach back there with my right arm and show you I know where I'm going. I got a map right here. Let me tell you, you take a look. It's on your hind end. Okay, anyway, so you understand? You, you following that? Right? Right? Or you, you make a purchase and your kids go, hey, you got, you got enough money to cover that? Well, you think I'm an idiot? You think I'm going to go through the line? Right? Right? But that's the child that doesn't trust. They don't trust. How many times have you said, God, you sure we're going to get through this? And God goes, you kidding me right now? Really? Yeah, but God, don't you understand? This is thyroid cancer, God. Do you know about thyroid cancer? That's not the attitude Betsy took. That's not the attitude, right? Pancreatic cancer. Oh, God, that, that's probably above your pay grade, right? That's pancreatic. Do you understand? This is, this is very serious. And God goes, really? Really? Some of you got children, and, and you're wondering, God, God are you, do you have my children? And God goes, are you kidding me? I love them more than you do. You worried about your kids? You tell me about your kids, and you're, you're saying, God, oh, what are you going to do about my kids? What are we going to do? God's like, hey, can you just trust me right now? Right, because all that worry, all that fret, all that anxiety, it robs you. It takes from you. It steals you. But when you can have faith, and you say, but I don't understand how it's going to work out. Yeah, that's why it's called faith. That's what I love about these. God's bringing people. I see Wes and Kim Hawk back there. Man, he's been, they've been through everything back there. Just by faith. By faith, Betsy, faith, Fred, faith, you, faith. Just walk by faith. You don't have to see the end result, right? And can I just say this real quick just to remind you that we all win because we're going to heaven. Yeah. I mean, so really, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Can we just be reminded of that? And at the end of the day, whatever happens on earth is really insufficient because I'm going to heaven, right? Right? What if this happens? Hey, 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 I'm walking by faith. I don't understand. And, the, and can I just be honest with you? The world doesn't get that. Right? And, and, and I can't help but think this week, here, here when a, a pandemic's starting to tone down, we go to, there's nations at war. Because you know what the devil would want anybody to do? Just stay afraid. Stay afraid. Stay afraid. Mask coming off, guess what? World War III, here we go. Woo! Right? Just fear. And I'm, I'm encouraging you, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Walk in faith. Walk in trust. Walk in confidence. God's got us. What's going to happen? I don't know. Hey, I know God's got me. Right? People always want to pin me down about revelation. Are you pre-millennial, post-millennial, pan, you know, trib, pib, Hey, I'm a pan-millennial. So it'll all pan out. I'm a pan trib. That's what I am. I'm pan trib. It'll all pan out. Don't even worry about it. When's the Lord coming? I just know he is. And guess what I am? I am ready I'm ready. Just stay ready. 
right? Just stay ready. Can I tell you, if, if, if mom and dad leave the house, uh, I'm talking to the kids right now. Callie, you need to hear this. This is important, right? So watch this. So if, the, if mom and dad leaves the house and says, I need you to do the dishes before I get back, I just go ahead and do them right now. Don't wait. Oh, see, they'll be gone about three hours and 15 minutes. That gives me three hours and seven minutes to do nothing. And then the last thing, because what happens is mom and dad going to sneak up on you. They come home in three hours and you ain't got the dishes done. Now you look like an idiot. You understand how that works? I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. That I am confident of. So what should we do? Be ready. Be ready. And can I tell you this real quick? If you're like unsure about that or you're on the fence, you're like, how can I know? We should talk today. We should talk today. Jesus wants you to know. Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to suffer, but you could live forever with him. And he can help you to know that. But let's talk about that today. You can know him. And so the question about this is, do you trust him? Do you trust him? So let's go through this real quick. Seven people who should pray, right? Hey, can I just tell you, I'm not offended if anybody takes out their phone and takes pictures of slides. People doing it all the time. Go for it. So who's, here's who should pray. People who are in trouble. People who need forgiveness. People who want a pure heart. People who want to persevere people who need God's gifts, people who want God's will, people who need wisdom. Hello, that's all of us. That's all of us. That's who should be praying right there. All of us should be praying and asking for God to move, to move in power. So here's the question. What are your priorities? Is is prayer just kind of down the list somewhere? We need to move it to the top. We need to move it to the top. Because faith will come. Some of you, when I got to talking about faith right now, you're like, yeah, I need more faith. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God, right? We understand that. But then prayer, when we connect with God, when we show to God our dependence upon him, it's not necessarily a laundry list of God, I need you to A, B, C, D. It's just saying, God, here I am and I trust you and here's what I need. But God, you see me. And so God, can I I tell you, God probably already knows. Well, I say probably, forgive me, Jesus. God already knows what you need. So I always thought that. Why should I pray? Because all it does is posture me as the greatest dependence upon God. Right? God knows what we need. We prayed for Ukraine today. You think God doesn't see? Of course he sees. So what do we ask him to do? God, move. We are dependent upon you. We are asking you to get involved in this situation. We know you see it, God, and we trust you to move. We're asking God. We're believing for you to do the greatest good. You are sovereign over all, and I trust you, God. We trust you to move. So God, move. We trust whatever you want to do that brings the most glory to your name. You following? You following? Prayer postures my heart to depend on God. I'm constantly telling God, I need you. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. 
Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.